We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. What's going on, Broncos country? It is Wednesday night here in the land of the Denver Broncos, the Mile High City, home of your Denver Nuggets. Uh, who are in the finals game three tonight. But also, before we get to that Nuggets game, MHI, baby, we're going on right now. He is Thomas Hall. Scott Kennedy joining us as well. MHI, Mile High Insiders, live every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Mountain. Thomas, what's going on, buddy? It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a while since we've been on the show together, man. It's uh, it's good. I'm glad, glad we're back. I'm still in enemy territory out in Patriots country. Still trying to come well, to you from wherever I can, from basements <laughs> of my relatives to hotel rooms. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to be on here with you, man. It's been a while. It's been a minute. I was going to give you hell and be like, Massachusetts. No, nah, no. Nah. It looks like you're at the Miami Heat visiting locker room <laughs> right now or home locker room, if yeah. you will. That bright red. Uh, Thomas I know. Is surely pulling for Miami, folks. And uh, I'm pulling for the like, Nuggets. It, uh, it, it just so. happens to be the only place really that I can set up. It's got red behind me. I know it's not super attractive and it's Miami heat colors or whatever, but I'm still coming at you representing Broncos country and pulling for the nuggets. Chiefs or he's in Kansas city folks. We no, don't know. No, we no. don't know. Where's don't Tom? That's the game don't we're going to start playing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no excuse to ever uh, mistake either one of us for a fan of another AFC West rival, no specifically those chiefs guys, before we get this show started, we got to kick things off with a bang because Troy has been in here since 5 PM mountain waiting patiently for over an hour, giving huge, generous amounts of support and love to MHI on his Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Mountain. Thank you so much, Troy. $50 super. Uh, that helps us keep the lights on here. That helps get your comments and questions read. And we just thank you so much for the support. Troy weighing in saying, hey, guys, I listened to the MHH 2021 draft coverage today. I swear my life is not as sad as that sounds. <laughs> Please speculate on what would have happened if we would have drafted Justin Fields instead of Patrick Sertan, or if Vic Fangio was still the coach. There's been a revolving door of cornerbacks, better or worse team overall. Troy, first of all, thanks again for the support, man. Um, that's not sad at all. 2021 draft coverage is something that is relevant today because we're trying to figure out which players are going to be long-term solutions and or short-term fixes if we can make that happen. Subject of today's show happens to be Jerry Judy, right? We're going to get into that in a little bit, but that was back in 2020. So Troy, nothing sad about all that. That just tells me you are again representing the most educated fan base in all of the NFL, which is Broncos country. Here's what I will say about that. I am firm and I will not move or give an inch with giving up Pat Sertan to get Justin Fields. I hear you, quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. It's a QB-driven league, Tom, as everybody knows. Yep. But at the same time, 
Pat Sertan, to me, was my favorite player in that draft, and the draft is all about preferences. And the guy in charge gets the final say. In that case, it was George Payton-ish with John Elway, right, Um, lurking in the background. But I'm not a Justin Fields guy. I don't think he's going to ever win a Super Bowl. I think it's going to be a miracle if he has long-term success in the NFL. I'm talking multiple seasons as a starter in Chicago or elsewhere. I'm very happy with the Pat Sertan pick uh, through the moon. And it's more of because of Pat Sertan and who he is and less of Justin Fields. Yeah, Troy, thank you so much. Uh, very generous of you, uh, always. We, you know, we we appreciate that on here for sure. My problem with the whole thing was you couldn't draft Fields and have Fangio at the same time. Fangio would have wasted that talent. He wanted, you know, some steady Eddie to come in and play defense and try and win that way. He had other opportunities to, you know, go with Locke or whatever it was. I don't think it would have worked. That's the that's the whole problem. Now, looking into the future with other coaches and bringing, you know, bringing in somebody that could develop him or whatever, you're still already, you know, more, <laughs> you're farther down the road uh, with with Justin Fields. I like Justin Fields. I think he's going to be a pretty decent quarterback. I don't know if he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I know Pat Sertan is an All Pro. He, I mean, he's arguably the best cornerback in the NFL right now today. And you can't say that about Justin Fields. Now, I know quarterback's a more important position, so it's the what if you could have done. But I think the Broncos made a, a pretty good decision, and with the mind that they had already kind of thought that they were going to try and bring in a veteran quarterback, and they went out and got Russell Wilson. I think, I think it was going to be Aaron Rodgers. That ship sailed, but they and that ended up biting them on the putt last year. But I don't think either quarter, uh, either coach Hackett or. Fangio could have got the most out of Justin Fields. So it would have ended up being a wasted pick, in my opinion, in this th- those two systems. So I'm pretty happy with Sertan. At the time, I was a little taken aback. Like, they need a quarterback. Why aren't they going after one? Uh, so, you know, it's all this what-if game we can play over and over again. And I do it all the time in my head. Like, what if we'd have done that? What if, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but – You know, I don't know. We're not going to know for a couple more years how good Justin Fields is, but we know today how good Patrick Sertan is. And if you can Mm. put other people around him that can win and a good coach, then that's one piece of the puzzle. It takes takes a bunch of pieces of the puzzle fitting together. Now, I remember watching Champ Bailey, the best cornerback in the league at the time, you know, struggle to win that Super Bowl that I wish he would have won. Uh, they just didn't have the pieces around him. So we got to kind of look and see what pieces are they going to put around, you know, put together to get uh, Sertan to the ultimate championship. And I, I, you know, that's, that's going to be the, that's going to be the telltale, right? What happens in the end, but I'm happy with the pick. I just, I just don't think Fangio could have got the most out of fields and he didn't, uh, he didn't get the most out of the quarterbacks that he had. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy 
happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Good old Vic Fangio, man. <laughs> that, that, that time in Broncos country will always be um, looked at as frustrating. I think there were some, you know, quirks and laughs, if you will. But the Vance Joseph era as head coach was frustrating. Vic Fangio era, frustrating. Nathaniel Hackett's flat out embarrassing uh you know these these are things that it's crazy to be talking about it like we're so far removed and here we are looking at the first year of the sean payton head coach denver broncos michael ronquillo coming in from arizona what's up michael thank you so much for joining mhi here on your wednesday night saying good evening thomas hall and luke on the on the mile high insiders go broncos and buck them that's right buck them uh we appreciate your support michael man you your support means so much just like my my guy, our guy, Ernie Mays in the hey, house. Ernie. What up, Thomas and Luke? Oh, Broncos country only. And I love that Ernie is just so devout in uh, his love and being a member of Broncos country and repping that orange and blue. And he's ready for a turnaround, man. Broncos country, brace yourselves because things are happening over there. Uh, here we go. Speaking of friends and family, GLP, right. the dog, <laughs> the big dog, a 1999 super. Gary, I was commenting on one of his pictures on Facebook, man. He was looking so clean in the new Pat Sertan jersey. Nice. I don't know if you got to see that. Oh, it looks sharp. Uh, Gary, Gary coming in saying, hey, Thomas, Luke, Scott, and Dylan. Thanks for the super chat, Troy. Great kickoff. Hashtag Buckham. Gary, thank you, man. That means so much. And you're on that uh, Mount Rushmore Hall of Fame, so to speak, here at MHH. I got to get on Facebook more. I actually deleted Facebook for a long time. I got back on there. So, I, you know, when I'm on the show, I can see if there's super chat, uh, you know, or Facebook stars and whatnot. I need to get I got to go see the picture, Gary. So I apologize. I haven't, I need to go check it out, but uh, I'm not a big Facebook user. So I, I got to get in, I got to get in there and check it out. But thank you, Gary. I mean, as always, you're uh, you're a legend in the uh, mile high huddle world. So thanks. Thanks so much. An absolute legend. Speaking of legends, if you guys want to check out Thomas's podcast on Friday mornings, Legends of Mile High, that's every Friday morning, wherever you get your podcast. If you miss something live on any of these MHH podcasts, don't worry. We've got your back. Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get any of your podcasts. Always free, always downloadable. Listen to them at your convenience. And Tom, here we go. Something that we've, we need to talk about here, and it's Denver Broncos wide receiver Jerry Tootie. Uh, he's been in the news for great reasons lately right nothing bad he's not getting in trouble he's not tweeting anything he's you know for all intents and purposes working out hard he's doing great with russell wilson he's uh catching on to sean payton's offense and seems to be flourishing things are going well for jerry judy so well that bucky brooks from nfl.com recently named jerry judy to the 2023 nfl all breakout team what is the 2023 all breakout team? Now, that's a list that Bucky Brooks usually puts out right before training camp, right around now when these OTAs are going on. And that would determine if a player is going to either have a Pro Bowl year or an all pro year. A perfect example of a Bronco making that list. Pat Sertan made that list and then eventually had a Pro Bowl year and an all pro year. Bucky Brooks, Tom, <laughs> he's saying Bucky Brooks is saying this is it. This is it for Jerry Judy. I'm putting him on the list. He said, quote, the route running specialist has a chance to emerge as the Broncos featured pass catcher in Sean Payton's offense as a versatile playmaker with the potential to create mismatches from the slot or out wide. Judy gives Payton a versatile chess piece to deploy all over the chessboard. Given the creative play caller success with Michael Thomas, Brandon Cooks, Marquise Colston, and many others over the years, Jerry Judy could finish with 100-plus catches as Denver's number one option. You know what? I There's a little piece in there that you got to think about what he said. It's he has the chance to emerge in Sean Payton's offense. But in my mind, it's not more about what Jerry Judy could do you know, based on his talent. It's the amount of opportunities that he needs. So you look at last year, he only had a hundred targets. He was not the featured wide receiver by any means in that offense. He had a hundred targets, but what he did with those opportunities was very much like those upper echelon type wide receivers. And in the, the, bear with me as I go through this. So 
you look at some of the other play, uh, wide receivers that were kind of in that middle range above him. They had a little bit more yards, a little more catches. Uh, Chris Olive, um, Mike Evans, and uh, Alive. Uh, Alive. Jamar Let's Chase. not have another Alive. Dalton. Riz- okay. We don't need another Dalton Risner uh, <laughs> moment. And we're still on Dalton Risner watch day sixty three. <laughs> right. By the way, of trying to get the big guy back. But please continue, Olive right. Risner. But I'm if, in. If you look at them, right, they had more. They had about twenty to thirty percent more opportunities and but you look at what they did with those opportunities they you know their yards per target were in the seven some range seven yards range which isn't elite but you look at jerry judy's uh yards per target it was at almost 10 and those really good wide receivers justin jefferson uh tyree kill all those that were at the top they were in the nine to ten pushing that 11 yard per target range right so what he did with his opportunities were was really quite good but he wasn't given enough opportunities so the real question is not is jerry judy going to be better this year is he going to be given more opportunities in order to perform better if he gets a even if everything he misses two games and gets hurt in that you know one game and only plays 15 games like he did last year really but not full 15 games and he only gets a 25% increase in his targets, that's going to be around 84, 85 receptions and over 1,200 yards. That's a pretty darn good season for a wide receiver. Not elite by any means, but just increasing those opportunities. If you give him opportunities like, I mean, Justin Jefferson had 183 targets. Even if he got 140 targets, a 40% increase. You're going to see somebody hitting the 94 to 95 catches, 1,300 plus yards. That's getting into elite territory. And if he plays all 17 games, that's even going to be better. That's where I'm coming from. Is the the big question is Sean Payton, which I believe he's smart enough to see what I'm seeing. And I'm, you know, I'm just sitting here looking at it stats wise. He's looking at film. Is he going to be smart enough to feature him more in the offense and give him more opportunities? If he does that, that's going to push him into the uh, breakout season far more than what you can say by uh, looking at his last four or five games and extrapolating it over 17 years. It's opportunities. And Sean Payton's, I believe, is going to give him those opportunities. And that's why he's a breakout candidate, not because he's uh, you know, super special in his uh, fifth year or fourth year or whatever. Phil McLaughlin weighing in saying, good evening, Luke. Where's Waldo and Deacon Scott? <laughs> I think right now we've got six safeties. Hashtag Buckham, hashtag MHH for life. Who goes? Oh, yeah. Caden uh, Stearns, well, a lot of expectations <laughs> there. And I'm going to tell you yeah. right now, he needs to go out there and earn it. Uh, you're talking about Sean Payton trying to feature Jerry Judy more and give him more opportunities. And before I get into my piece about Jerry Judy, I'm going to tell you right now, Sean Payton's not going to give anybody anything. You better go out there and damn well earn it. And that means if you're a wide receiver, you better block. If you're a safety, you better be willing to get in the box and blitz. You better be willing to take on O-linemen. Look at some of the DBs that Sean Payton's had over his career. No nonsense guys that are always prepared and willing to sacrifice themselves for the team. Um, Justin Simmons is obviously on the team. Kareem Jackson, obviously on the team. I CJL Skinner making the team, Caden Stearns. Um, it's pretty deep right now, right, at the safety position. So I would say whoever's healthy is probably in the running. We always see these bizarre injuries happen right now, so it's too hard to tell, and I don't want to start forecasting, oh, I think so-and-so is going to get hurt. That's just bad juju, bad luck, and negativity. I don't want any part of it. But, Phil, thank you so much for being a part of this show. We really, really appreciate your support. Naj has been giving us support since we started way back in the day a few years ago, and uh, he's been very patiently waiting to weigh in. A 1999 Super. Hey, brothers, the run D was suspect at times last year. Do you believe the team has improved enough this offseason to be more stout versus the run? With Vance Joseph's scheme, do you see the defense regressing, staying the same, or improving? I don't see it being as good as last year when everybody was healthy. The D was firing all, on all cylinders. I liked Evero's um, ability to put his players in the right position to succeed, and I have not seen that with Vance Joseph. I don't. I, I keep going back to Isaiah Simmons. Right, he was supposed to be this new generational talent that came in and could play all over the field and be uh, be something special. And they never really got it out of him. 
And I also remember watching, you know, Vance Joseph's, Joseph's led Broncos defense. I mean, obviously he wasn't the defensive coordinator, but had uh, Will Parks uh, playing goal line defense as a middle linebacker, uh, you know, on first down. And that's just to me is it, it doesn't seem like he's putting the players in the right position to succeed. I'm a little worried that it will regress, but if the health stays, you're going to, that's going to kind of even it out, right? Like if they can stay healthy, then you're not going to see a regression because people, the talent is still there. I'm I'm still not sold on Vance Joseph. I just, I'm until I see him do something really good on the field. I'm not sold on him. I'm willing to give him a second chance. You and I are both on record of saying that while we weren't through the moon that he was rehired to join the coaching staff of the Broncos in a different role, right? Head coach is completely different than defensive coordinator. And uh, he has had some success as a defensive coordinator to take that away from him would be wrong. And uh, and neither one of us are going to do it. Naj will say this. I still have concerns just like Thomas does in the rest of Broncos country about this defense. Uh, <laughs> Man, do you guys hear that? I-, I can't ignore that anymore. It sounds like a can is opening, like someone's cracking a fresh cola, or if you will. But anyway, I digress. Man, losing Draymond Jones, it's going to be interesting to see what the defensive line looks like without him. I know DJ Jones is still going to be a beast. Does Mike Purcell make the team? Edge rusher, that's been a position that we've talked about and both have had some concerns heading into training camp. But, Nosh, the good news? MHI will be out there at training camp. Yours truly will be out there every day, but MHI will be out there as well. Stay tuned. We've got that big meet and greet, guys, coming against Green Bay week seven. Uh, That's going to be super fun as well. We hope to see you there. David, our guy, Big D's been in the house tonight early as well. $2 super. Tom and Peyton, we must trust. And you got to... You got to carefully read those, right, to see which Peyton it is now. If you say it over the airwaves, you have to say Sean or George beforehand. Um, I guess the statement, too, we know Sean Peyton runs the show. So whatever you're saying when it comes to decisions, we could assume that that's a Sean Peyton, uh, Sean Peyton-esque decision. But Jerry Judy, here's where I'm at with Jerry Judy. I, too, deemed him, just like a lot of the other draft experts or gurus or whatever you want to say, I deemed him as the best wide receiver in the 2020 draft class, and I was obviously wrong, just like the rest of us. Let's review that, right? Henry Ruggs, his teammate, he was drafted at number 12. Judy was at number 15. Uh, C.D. Lamb at 17. Jalen Reger, 21. Justin Jefferson, 22. And Brandon Ayuk, number 25. That's just the first rounders right there. Uh, Jerry Judy has had arguably the least amount of production uh, of some of these wide receivers in this draft class, even going into the second round. Um, Other than his rookie season, guys, he's never played a full season. That's an issue. Uh, He's never scored double-digit touchdowns. He's never had a 1,000-yard season. He's never had 70 receptions in his career. As a Denver Bronco, he scored nine touchdowns in three seasons, guys. And this is supposed to be the guy that was going to come to the Denver Broncos. And I said he would fix Drew Locke. And finally, we've got the offensive firepower with K.J. Hamler, who, by the way, hasn't scored a touchdown since his rookie year. Three touchdowns total. I mean, this is just for me with Jerry Judy. I hope everyone's right. I hope he is this breakout guy who's going to have a Pro Bowl year. I hope he's going to be an All-Pro. But I'm to the point where, like Shannon Sharp says all the time, right, whatever you think of Shannon Sharp, Broncos Pro Football Hall of Famer and Raven, I guess. Uh, Shannon always says, my eyes work better than my ears. And that's where I'm at with Jerry Judy. You've got to prove it to me before I'm willing to get excited about number 10 over there at Centura Health Training. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. 
With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Etc. Yeah, I mean, I think, though, when you look at the moves that they made at the end of the season that got him into more opportunities, he started to play better. And I'll st- still stick with my uh, original analysis. So you just got to give him more opportunities because he does well with them. He has a 67% target to reception uh, ratio there. So that's close to what just Justin Jefferson had and, and far better than a lot of these others. So he does well with the opportunities. He didn't even get as many opportunities as Cortland Sutton did last year. And Cortland Sutton wasn't even as productive. So to, are we going to, are we going to ignore his drops his rookie season? Yeah, when but that was of, his rookie when season. We talk of, he has cleaned when we talk about all, since then, right? To give a guy opportunities, I would argue, you got to go out there and earn them, man. When has Jerry Judy shown that he's going to be a willing participant in the run game? Something that is Sean Payton's signature on the offense. Don't get me wrong. You're going to see Russell Wilson throwing the ball to Jerry Judy. You're going to see tight end more involved than they've ever been. But running the ball, man, it's such a huge disadvantage to the personnel for the defense when you go out there, for the offense rather, when the defense knows, oh, Jerry Judy's coming out, Tim Patrick's coming in, Cortland Sutton's in, we're blocking. They're obviously blocking on this play. I mean, to go big and and suggest that those are really two wide receivers that are only going to block – Man, that's just kind of a telltale. No, I'm not saying Jerry Judy needs to be out there lining up with linebackers or anything like that. But it's the willingness to me. What are you willing to do? You know, I know you're willing to be a fantastic route runner. I know you're willing to get your conditioning in. But I just have a little bit of a problem with just giving a guy opportunities when I think they need to be earned. Yeah, I'll tell you, there. there's very few great wide receivers who are also great blockers. Because when you talk about some of these great blockers at wide receiver who are also very good wide receivers that aren't in the Hall of Fame, they always bring that up. They were also great blockers. So it's pretty rare. You're not paying him big money to go out there and block. You're paying him to get open and catch balls. That's his number one priority. If he can block here and there, fine. I think that they're still going to be able to, under Sean Payton, devise an offense that isn't predictable like it has been and get him his opportunities. If he is able to block fine, I don't really care if he's out there blocking too much. If they are, you know, go back old school and they're using the zone blocking scheme and that everything is predicated on the run, then yeah, I'm with you. He shouldn't, he's not going to be on the field, but that's not going to be the Sean Payton offense. It's, I mean, yeah, they're going to be a run game, uh, you know, oriented, but they're going to go out there and they're going to smash mouth people. And I don't think Jerry Judy, Judy needs to really, he can get in the way of a cornerback. That's about all he needs to do in that scheme. Mr. Roush 05 coming in with a 1999 Super joining us here on MHI, where you can find us every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Mountain. Are there any rumors on Chase Young to Denver? Now that Washington is listening to official offers, probably too expensive, but defensive line would be way better. Uh, Thomas, yeah, Mr. Roush is all over this one, right? The rumors out of Washington definitely suggest that Chase Young is on the trading block, if you will. We just got done spewing our um, concerns about the defensive line and edge rushers into the microphone, something we've done for months <laughs> this <Yep>. offseason. <laughs> Broncos country's done it too. Um, now Mr. Roush is asking a really good question here. Do you see any potential interest or connection? What would you see the cost being for a, a Chase Young, if you will? Yeah. I think it's too expensive, really, for what the Broncos have to offer. I mean, unless they can package up some picks and some players, but you know, for me, it's are they willing to take the risk on another injury kind of prone player? I mean, I'm not trying to say he's in, injury prone, but he has been injured, right? Randy all Gray, the time. They already, <laughs> already took a chance on him, and he's injury prone. Are they gonna? Uh, are they gonna another one? Shoot the moon for another one, player who may not be on the field. I, I mean, he's a he's a great talent. Don't get me wrong. He would be a great addition to an already suspect edge rusher group but if they if randy gregory and baron browning can stay healthy for almost most of the year right i mean they're going to get injured but say they can they can play 15 games you don't need a chase you don't have to go out there and spend a lot to get him what you really need is another experienced 
second tier player who can step up and fill those shoes when they do get injured. That's what they need to go get. And they don't have that on the, I don't think, I mean, from on the, on paper, they don't have that right now. They don't have someone to step in. I mean, I love Jonathan Cooper. I think he's played really well, but he's not that, you know, kind of second tier player below, below Gregory and Brown. Yeah. Not exactly. Not a Chase Young. Yeah, That's not a, not exactly Mr. Dependable. You got to get these guys in there and they got to start producing. And you're right. doesn't mean they need to be a heavy hitter, right? We're talking our nuggets. We're talking the Miami Heat. We're talking game three. Well, you know what? Championship teams have every single year and every single sport role players, a supporting yeah. cast. Those guys, man, are beloved and celebrated. And um, it's been so much fun watching the Nuggets run. I can't say the same about the Heat. Those guys just won't go away. Yeah. Uh, but but it'll be exciting. Nuggets are, are set to tip off here. But some of the role players, I mean, Christian ba- Brown as a rookie has played amazing for the Denver Nuggets, you know, coming out of Kentucky, I think it was. Uh, Bruce Brown playing amazing. I need a little bit more from Caldwell Pope, Aaron Gordon. I mean, some of these guys that you may not necessarily know because they're not huge names in the NBA. They're not Nikola Jokic. They're not some guy named Murray. Uh, you know, it's they're not the superstars, but they are still so heavy and vital in the success. That's what you're describing. The Broncos need that supporting guy on the edge, and we're going to see if they can get him here at least in training camp or or who that guy's going to be. Maybe that Jonathan Cooper's been working out like a dog at the new nutrition system. Maybe he's going to come out and look great. Um, yeah. Hard to say. Michaela Israel, what's up? She's getting ready for the Denver Nuggets game, a generous $10 super. Say what's up to big guy Cooper, and I'm rhyming. Hey, guys, sorry I'm late. Just wanted to show some love from Cooper and I. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Uh, we appreciate that so much, Michaela. Go Nuggets. Nuggets Nation tonight, man. We're That's supporting great. you guys. Broncos country's right there. I was reading an article today, Tom. Some of the celebrities that have been at the Nuggets games, right? We've been talking about the playoffs for as long as they've been going on here. Lil Wayne was at the, the game the other night, I guess. It didn't say who he was rooting for because, you know, you try to guess based off of what they're wearing. But again, these are like celebrities. These are the who's who. So they're usually wearing stuff that, you know, nobody could afford. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah. Uh, it's it's well, been pretty cool, nobody man. Nobody can afford That's why they're there. <laughs> you, well, you can afford them. You're in the Miami Heat locker room right now. It looks like Tom's sitting down there in Miami. It's loud. That pop noise I keep hearing, that's that, you know, cold cola being opened for game three. Nah, man, it's been cool to see Russell Wilson out there, Sean Payton out there, Justin Simmons. Um, it's super cool to see the Nuggets have the type of success that they're having. And one of our previous episodes of MHI, Tom, we talked about that. We asked Cecil Lammy just a week ago, a couple weeks ago, uh, what's this going to mean for the Broncos? Avs recently hoisted a championship. The Nuggets are at that final stage hoping to hoist a championship. Sean Payton's here. What's the pressure like? And he's like, it's immense. The success has to happen immediately. It's going to see, it's going to be interesting to see what that looks like, but something else Cecil said, Tom, as we get back to Jerry Judy talking potential versus expectations, production, what do the analytics say? What do his former statistics say? Uh, Trying to get a trajectory on Jerry Judy. Cecil told us on these airwaves just a couple weeks ago, Tom, Marvin Mims Jr. is the best wide receiver in that room today. And I got goosebumps when he said that. Um, Not because he's my best friend and and I'm biased, but because I believe him. I'm not out there. The media's policy is super, super strict this year with Sean Payton and what you can say, what you can report, who's going to let you in, uh, all that sort of stuff. Cecil's not lying, man, if he's saying that that Mims Jr. is looking like a stud in that wide receiver room. Well, you know, they've got a full room now with a lot of uh, really good potential. I mean, you can't go wrong with that, right? Uh, you know, you've got you've got four, you know, if, if Mims is what he says he is, you got four players who can start on a team. So you've got a pretty solid wide receiver core. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, 
you know, temper my excitement for Mims until I actually see him out there on an NFL field with NFL players, not in practice. Uh, but you know, if, if he can, if he can make that step up to the big leagues, Ooh. you're going to, you're going to see somebody, you're going to be, see somebody moved and then you might see somebody come in that can help this team in another spot, right? You might see them package up a wide receiver that we're surprised to see go. And you it just, could be Judy. If he's getting all me... this buzz and people are wanting to give him something, maybe it is. And then he goes off yeah. and plays somewhere else and brings someone back. I don't know who it would be, but there's a there's a wealth of opportunity if there's health and that good of a, a wide receiver group to move one of them. You got me excited talking about, you know, until I see him on the football field. And when you said that, my mind instantly went to you and I are out there at training camp. You know, we're sweating like pigs in the sun. And it's Marvin Mims against Pat Sertan. You know, like, I want to see that. Uh, You know, and then Jerry Judy versus Pat Sertan. I want to see that. These guys have been matching up since they were teammates at Alabama. Which wide receiver can get over on the the Pro Bowl All-Pro corner um, those type of one-on-ones and they're coming back Broncos country, that weak ass training camp, the Broncos put on last year under Nathaniel Hackett. That's gone folks. One-on-ones are back under Sean Payton. Uh, the pit with the offensive line and defensive line that is back under Sean Payton. We are super excited to get out there to training camp and you guys should too, as well. Uh, I wanted to get to this comment real quick here. Ants V Hill saying that he's, Patrick back, and uh, he's not a hundred percent sold on Jerry Judy. I know he's done some things well, but man, I think we need a strong vet. And it's an interesting blend in that room, right? We're talking wide oh, receivers: yeah. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick. Um, where does Montrell Washington fit? Ants, you know, where does uh, KJ Hamler fit? Tom, where does uh, you know, all these great, the great story, the little quarter, Kendall Hitton, right? Where does yeah. Kendall Hitton fit? Where do some of these wide receivers fit? Because we're talking about training camp, man. And uh, these wide receivers are going to be having fits because they're only limited jobs on that wide receiver depth chart. Uh, who do you think is going to be on the outside looking in? KJ Hamler is my uh, outside looking in guy. I think he's, you've got, I mean, you're going to keep, only keep Montreal Washington because you got him cheap, right? And he's, you got him for a while. He could be that kind of, I don't know, movable piece, hopefully. You know, he didn't, he didn't really come on last year, but he sucks. Stand. He came from a small <laughs> school and they, they mishandled him from the beginning. And when nah. he started to fumble and lose his confidence, they kept mishandling him. That was a coaching move, but I think he's going to stick around. You got, you know, so you got Mims and, and KJ Hamler and uh, Montreal Washington and all pretty much do the same thing. It's KJ Hamler to me because you're going to get something. You're not going to get anything for Mon- Montreal Washington. What are you going to get for him? Nothing. You can get something. Nothing. I mean, you're not. I mean, let's be honest. Like, what a savage. No what are you going to get for Montreal Washington? Nothing. You heard it here on MHI. He is Thomas Hall. Get at him on Twitter at Thomas Hall NFL. You're truly at Luke Patterson LP. And Tom, you're one of the most tempered individuals I know. I'm very proud to call you my friend. We talk all the time. And I love it when you get fired up, man. And you throw in some smoke at Montreal, Washington. Because you're right. I mean, look, I'm not trying to be mean. I hope Montreal, Washington goes on to have a fantastic career. Some returners do. Look at the cat, Isaiah McKenzie, right? Goes to Buffalo, revitalizes his freaking career. They find out how to use them. So to your point, I mean, these guys, sometimes when they're being misused, sometimes that's the product we see. And it's hard for us to know how they should truly been utilized. Dave from Georgia coming in here with a $10 super. Something tells me Dave's excited about those dogs. Maybe the Broncos can start to get some more Georgia Bulldogs over the next couple of years. Uh, Dave saying, as long as Vance Joseph never says the words, quote, we had a great practice, end quote. Hashtag Broncos country. Dave, I don't know about you, man. I know you don't want to hear that anymore, but I'm excited to listen to the defensive coordinator speak this year because VJ is back, baby. Like some of those sound bites are some of the most iconic 
infamous sound bites of all time. I mean, with Philip Lindsay, we're happy we have the little guy. I mean, like <laughs> all these sorts of things with BJ, but I hear you, Dave. BJ's kind of on a short leash, right? With Broncos country and the fan base. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. The only the only good thing is he's not the face of the franchise right now. He it was the lights were too big for him. I, I'm sorry. He just wasn't he was terrified. head coaching job. You've got Sean Payton. He's going to be the one out there talking. VJ will have the opportunity to work more on the defense. I hope he can, uh, you know, come through. I still have my doubts. I'm sorry. I want to be positive about him, but I still have my doubts about him. Uh, but, you know, if they have a good practice, it's because it really was a good practice, right? Because, you know, Sean Payton's out there Every, making sure those practices yeah. are right and are yeah. good. So if they're going to come out and say it, it's not just blowing smoke. You know, like I can't, Vance Joseph was just, oh, we had a good week of practice. That doesn't mean crap, you know? Guy, so The guy was terrified, Tom. Terrified. Yeah. I had friends right next to him at his introductory press conference, multiple people telling me how he was shaking at the podium uh you know and this is a guy who's accomplished a lot in his football career i mean from his college days even to the pros i mean he's he's been around these men he's led men um but what a stage and i'm not making fun of him for that yeah. but anybody except, can have that happen yeah absolute stage fright right you get up there and you have a b rabbit moment from eight mile right where you just kind of yeah. get choked off stage and then you find some redemption maybe Vance Joseph is coming back now, just like B rabbit did. And he's sitting there holding the mic. Like, all right, next time it, things are going to be different, but I hear you, Dave. I mean, there's, there's plenty of, of room for concern and it, it's, it's tough for Broncos country, but the Sean Payton effect, Sean picking him, I think goes a long way and he's going to ultimately get the benefit of the doubt. David coming back in again. I love to see it, man. So many of our, our friends and family, David, um, just like Dave from Georgia, right? A couple of Daves up to no good wearing those Buckham shirts. KJ <laughs> and Washington are history. And uh, David's agreeing with you, Tom, and, and kind of with me and what we're saying. Like, this is a huge concern. KJ Hamler thought he was all fun and games up there in Minnesota last year, right? Doing the secret agent thing with the sunglasses. That was lame. You're throwing your helmet, throwing quarterback Russell Wilson under the bus, just like the rest of the country, just like the rest of the world. That's lame. You know what else is lame? Three touchdowns in three years from K.J. Hamler. The man cannot stay healthy. Uh, he doesn't produce. There are a variety of reasons, right? But it's, just this, it's a cutthroat business, Tom. It's a bottom line business. And <laughs> K.J. Hamler's an old man now. Jerry Judy, you're starting to become an old man too. I mean, like you're uh, once you're done with your rookie contract, you're kind of looked at as like the old man of the league. Tim Patrick got an old man deal, right? He got paid. <laughs> Cortland Sutton got an old man deal, right? He got paid after that rookie contract. But it's just it's interesting, man, because the new generation they're coming in and they're coming in hot and they're not stopping. And these old vets they're going to get lost in the fray, just like David suggested. Well, well, just remember that uh, George Payton got what a sixth round or a fifth round for Trinity Benson Benson in Trinity yeah. a couple of years ago, to Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, I, I was pissed. I liked Trinity Benson for whatever a returner is worth. <laughs> I, I, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to go out there and be like, Hey, shut up, captain. Like I was doing, but uh, yeah, man. I mean, you try to get something for it. Maybe you can trade Montreal to Minnesota. George has those connections. <laughs> well, yeah. Or, or K I mean, K let's face it. KJ Hamler has more, ability to get something that Montreal Washington does. Montreal Washington is still a project. He was a project coming out. They took him way too early. There's there's no doubt about that was a reach. They saw something in him, but he needs time to just like I'm talking about Nick Bonito. Everybody shouldn't have been expecting him to be a world beater. He was a kind of a project coming out. They need time to develop. And like you said, as Isaiah McKenzie was one they let go too soon before they gave him time to develop. So that's why I'm saying they could probably hold on to Montreal, Washington a little bit longer than KJ Hamler. KJ Hamler has had enough time in the system in, in Broncos country to show what he could do. And I think they're going to move on with him first. And you might see somebody else get moved on from as well. Nick Williams, local kid. Ants Vigil is asking about him, man. Local kid. Um, Broncos just signed wide receiver Nick Williams. They had waived running back Demarie Crockett, man, who's been waived. It feels like a million times and comes back. Uh, that's kind of where we're at in the in the season. But this cat's an ex Cherry Creek player. 
Uh, he played for my former head coach, Dave Logan, voice of the Denver Broncos. Uh, but Broncos country has definitive knowledge about that streak, right? And the undrafted guy always making a team. It's a rich piece of the team's history. Um, and it's fun, right? It's fun to see the underdog win, oh, man. Yeah. It's, it's fun to see the guy that nobody believed in out there fighting and scrapping for everything that he has versus the first rounders who uh, seemingly have everything handed to him, right? That's the notion that we give it and the spin that we give it, if you will. Uh, do you have an opinion on Nick Williams? I was excited to see it because I, I obviously uh, we got to improve that position. They have a million wide receivers. You got to improve it. I'm excited for the local kid aspect, but I yep. will not lie to you, Tom. How many wide receivers do the Denver Broncos need? Because I was a little perplexed about that. Yeah. <laughs> Are we sure that Sean Payton played quarterback? Because I can't tell that he loves <laughs> wide receivers or anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't have a, a big opinion on him other than he's going to give me some uh, Byron Chamberlain vibes out there in number 86, a big, yeah. a big guy catching balls out there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's got probably a long shot to make the roster, just like most of the other wide receivers, until they start uh, getting rid of a few of these. Uh, you know, if they keep if they keep their top five or six guys, it's going to be tough for these young guys to make it. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, a big guy who can go out there and hopefully catch some balls, but he he's probably a practice squatter maybe if they can keep him around on the practice squad. I, I don't know enough about him, but that's just the way that it feels for me. Our own DVA in the house tonight. What's up, Dylan? Uh, saying you guys won't get anything for KJ Hamler and trading Judy ain't it. And I think Dylan represents a huge part of the fan base right there. And this fan base, Broncos country, like Jerry Judy. They have a huge amount of respect and expectations of this young man's talent. Now, they're hungry and thirsty and ready to see him produce. They want to see him feast. This should be the most optimal. You like that? executed that word flawlessly optimal <laughs> uh situation or circumstance that jerry judy has had because of his head coach because of his quarterback things should naturally start turning around phil mclaughlin always turning around the success the love the support giving us so much of it thank you so much phil really appreciate the love vj is in rookie status for me show me then i will believe phil i'm right there baby just like shannon sharp is saying right hey you know my my uh my eyes work better than my ears show it to me uh, i'm willing to give you a second chance but the proof has got to be in the pudding and i'll say this man if if vj doesn't do well and the broncos defense does look horrible sean payton's going to change things yeah he's in charge he's going to get things done his way i'm also hearing uh that sean payton likes to take part in the entire practice he spends a lot of time with the defense specifically the defensive secondary so he's got a keen eye on what vance joseph's doing he's not babysitting i think he will allow vj to do his job but sean's watching yeah my problem with vance joseph is he he didn't go somewhere where he could be molded by a really great leader right and he went to Arizona with Cliff Kingsbury and Cliff Kingsbury to me is not, I mean, you, no. I'm not trying to, I, I'm, I'm being, you know, him. you look at these great leaders that were on, that have a history of producing other great coaches that have gone through the history of the NFL. They're great leaders for a reason. Cliff Kingsbury doesn't strike me as one. So does Vance Joseph really learn that much on how to be that better coach from Cliff Kingsbury? I don't know. That's, if he'd have went somewhere else, you know, to, to some other, um, you know, great mind and great leader, then I would have more uh, leniency towards him failing right away. But now he's, he is with Sean Payton who has produced some uh, other coaches has, you know, he molds some people. So maybe he has it, but this is the first year it's make or break. And I think it was another guy who's uh, Jeremy Sean might've said this on one of our other shows talked about, it's a one-year deal for Vance Joseph because Dennis Allen's going to be brought in the next year. That was his line, and that could be it. You know, he might – Dennis Allen gets fired from the Saints, and uh, next thing you know, he's the defensive coordinator. I don't know. They have Derek Carr now, man. The Saints have been saved. <laughs> Derek Carr, man. Easy, breezy, beautiful cover car is in the house down there for the big easy. Uh, GLP coming in again, man. Thank you so much, Gary, for all the love, support. You're so active, man. Really appreciate it. As Deacon Scott says, they are not Sean's picks, so strike number one. That's just it, man. We talk about it's got to be your guy, 
And that's just the fact in life. It's not just in football. Uh, it, it's got to be your guy, your gal, your preference. I mean, it is about who you know in the world, for better or for worse. And Gary's uh, Scott, I think they're, they're spot on, man. We've talked about it on this show. It's, you know, they want to get their guys in place. And while I don't think Sean Payton is willing to cut off his nose to spite his face, so to speak, just to get guys out of the building that he didn't select. I don't, I think it would make it easier for him. You bet to trade a guy away to make a decision that the fan base probably would not be thrilled about. DVA just came on here saying, man, the Judy don't trade Judy. That ain't going to help you. Imagine if Sean Payton did that. He's going to have a lot of fans kind of looking at him sideways saying, Sean, are you sure? You just got here. Jerry's been here for three years, and I just got done criticizing Jerry and what he has or hasn't done in these three years. But I think that's definitely a conversation that's worth having. Yeah, but I'll just I'll just contradict that a little bit. Talent is talent, right? It, it, maybe it doesn't uh, isn't a perfect fit sometimes, but if you're a talented player, you don't want to get rid of him, right? And I think Judy has talent. He just hasn't put it together. And like I said, he hasn't had – Last year, he could have had more opportunities and maybe people would be looking at him a different light. But what I'm saying is just because you didn't pick him, if you're a talented player and you can make it work with him, why not? Uh, some of these other guys don't fit. You know, they just they just don't fit. They don't have the talent. They don't they don't fit the scheme or whatever it is. I can see it. But I think you could make hay with Judy in a Sean Payton offense. And I think Sean Payton sees it, too. Like he. He can look at and see what he's done, what he's able to do separation wise, getting out onto the, uh, you know, get it open and uh, in, in doing something with the ball in his hands. I, I, you don't want to get rid of thing, uh, players like that unless unless they're, you know, talented, but a pain. Right. And they don't really fit. Then you let them go. So far, I haven't seen Judy being a pain. He oh, was last you. year. But oh, Tom, <laughs> dude, I'm going to get you. Come on. Don't. <laughs> Don't be like that, Tom. Tom trying to get me mad. He knows that's going to get me spitting and all my blood pressure up. No, you're right. He hasn't. What's the worst thing Jerry Judy's done as a Denver Bronco? Some tweets. Been there. Still there. You know, like it's we've all been there. So I hear what you're saying there. Um, someone will be quick to say, you know, what about his legal troubles? Everything was dismissed. So, yeah. you know, we're coming at this strictly from a, a football side. Because to be honest with you folks, it's it's not my rules, it's not Tom's rules, not Scott's rules, not Chad's rules, MHH's rules, it's the NFL's rules. And all they care about is winning. And they want to get guys on the field that are going to help them win. Just like you're saying, talent will help, should help you win. And uh, I, I mean, there's just so many questions because he is so talented. I mean, the potent potential is the dirtiest word in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and Troy coming in with a great question. And Troy kicked our show off, baby. So I had to get back to the big guy. Does Peyton, Sean Peyton, that is, scare Jerry Judy into blocking? Uh, Jerry Judy and everybody else on that football team had damn well be willing, able, and excited to do whatever coach asks them to do. Uh, that's just because it's Sean Payton's way or the highway. We heard Cecil again come on two weeks ago, and he said, I'm getting Mike Shanahan vibes in the sense of he runs the show. We know who runs the show. We have a very fine line that we have to walk in the Denver media with Sean Payton. I mean, things are rapidly changing over there. So to suggest that Jerry Judy hasn't received the message that he's going to be asked to do certain things, I think would be a little irresponsible based on Sean Payton's record. It's a concern. I have it too, Troy. I'm right there with you. I mean, are you willing to do whatever is necessary? Do you care more about the name on the back or the name on the front on game day? I'm for every player getting paid. I am pumped that Jerry Judy is going to be making 12.987 mil with this fifth year option. Right. But I also have concerns when it comes to free agency in March, 2025. Well, and, and you hit the nail on the head though, really, if he's not willing to, to actually buy into the system, he's gone. That's the way it is. I mean, even with Mike Shanahan, he, he, he had the, you know, Daryl Gardner's play, perfect example. Ooh, Those guys yes. butted heads and yeah. he, you know, it was a huge waste of money to bring him in. It didn't work out. He had to let him go. And that does Shannon. happen. So Shannon too. Shannon yeah. had to Shannon had to be willing to block because coach made it very clear. I'll yeah. plug your ass and you can go to Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, there's definitely there's definitely truth to that. And so we will see Jerry Judy in training camp and in preseason 
whether he's willing to do what is asked of him to do. And if he's not, if he's a problem, he will be gone. But the talent, from my perspective, is worth taking that risk into training camp, into preseason, and, yeah. and, and you know, see how it goes. Sure. Uh, I just don't. He, you know, we've we make fun of him when he was, you know, yakking on the sideline and and whatnot. But he's not. I mean, I haven't seen him doing anything that really rubs you though. He's not like stomping on people's faces, like you know, uh, what's his name? Albert Albert Haynes. Albert Haynes. Yeah, Albert Haynesworth. Tennessee. You know, I mean, yeah, he's not a he's, he's not a, a kid villain. Still. Oh, nah, Tom, you're gonna get <laughs> he me still cursing is, on man. this damn When show. I was 23 years old, I wasn't the maturest guy out there. You know, nobody was. It takes a little while. So he's not he's out a there. grown man. He's a father. <laughs> he knows how to handle his business. At least he should at this age. But you're right. He's 24 years old. Right. The potential is just there's buckets of it. And yeah. David coming in real quick, trying to make us feel better about VJ. And I hear you, David. You're right. We both we're going to ride with it saying uh, VJ equals Sean Payton. We trust. And that's just it, man. We're willing to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. We can have reservations. We can have concerns. And wouldn't it be nice? I feel wouldn't it be nice if we showed up to Broncos camp and we were pleasantly surprised at Absolutely. the defense we were looking at? I mean, I want to see a defense that's trying to rip apart Sean Payton's offense. I want to see coach get into the offense. I want to see coach get into the defense. I'm looking for all these new things, just like the rest of Broncos country it's going to be really exciting i think there are so many more storylines that are out there and that are going to be revealed we don't even have an idea yet what those storylines are going to be we have some glimpses right we're excited to see big mcglinchy out there doing some one-on-ones uh, we're excited to see big bennett powers in that new look broncos offensive line our new wide receiver marvin mims jr you bet our new running backs p ryan uh tony jones jr and the other 300 of them we're excited for all of that. And Phil McLaughlin, speaking of excitement, with all this conversation about getting another running back, personally, I would much rather be looking for another edge. Yeah, we just talked about that to start the show. We, you know, kind of we were talking about trading for the, you know, the Washington Commanders, uh, you know, kind of stud edge guy. But we, I mean, I said we needed a second tier guy. And the Broncos, they don't, you're right. You can go out and get running backs to, you know, carry the ball, but they need somebody that's competent to really step in. And maybe he's on the roster. Maybe it's Christopher Allen. I don't know. Maybe it's somebody like that on the roster who is going to take that next step and be that guy off the bench who can create an impact in, in spots. But Phil, you're right. I am so worried about this edge. And it, mm. it was the worry when they signed Randy Gregor for, for me. It was he's not on the field enough. And I thought they spent the money poorly. They should have went out and got somebody else. Should have kept Von Miller, in my opinion. But I'm just saying, uh, they 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 took a huge risk on Gregory. And yeah, I think you're right. They need to go find somebody. I'm not too worried about the running back group because, like, we just watched them go. You know, in midseason, get somebody that could come in and produce for the Broncos. They could, you know, they could probably find somebody at training camp cuts that can come in and produce. Edge guys are different. You're not going to find somebody on the street that can come in and be an impact player on the edge if somebody goes down. So I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm more worried about the edge group health than I am the running back room. And Phil, Tom, to your guys' point and our concern as a whole here on MHI, everybody's worried about it. And I mean, we can't help but talk about how thin the edge position is. Uh, you got some old dogs, if you will, that are currently available on the market and they're not really going to move the needle, let alone production. Uh, you got Frank Clark, right? People, I want no, no part of Frank Clark just because I can't no. stand the human being that he is. Uh, right. But you know, at a ripe age at 29, he's, he's available. Robert Quinn, you know, formerly from Philly, unique nig. Guacque. I used to be able to say that right. Nick Kendall somewhere uh, correcting me right now. Shout out to you, Nick. I love you. Uh, Jadavian Clowney, uh, Matthew Leonidas, Akeem Hicks, uh, Melvin Ingram, you know, Carlos Dunlap. I mean, do you go on kind of Anthony Barr's even listed outside linebacker slash edge, depending on the scheme? I mean, it, there's not a ton of great options out there unless you do trade. But again, you don't want to be moving a ton of capital that you don't have. Um, Maybe that's where that wide receiver luxury comes in yeah. that we were talking about a little bit. Maybe there is a secondary pass rusher in that supporting role already on another team that uh, 
would be willing to be moved from that franchise. Uh, these are things that I think the Broncos are going to have to consider, but I'm very worried too, man, because I, it's not like we have an immediate fix. It's not like out of all those names I read, oh man, the Broncos should be really pursuing Frank Clark and Jadavian Clowney. They can go get them. They're available on the market right now. Why are they not getting this guy? Not really. Not really. The best Tom. market already got signed by the Bills, Leonard Floyd. That's who they should have went after. If they With were Vaughn, baby, game. they're back. Him and Vaughn are back. <laughs> right. I mean, that's who they should have went after, in my opinion, if they were going to go after anybody. I yeah. think they're hoping that Gregory stays healthy. And I, I think that's what they're putting their money in. And I, frankly, I'm I'm nervous. I, I'm really nervous. Yeah. But. Who was who said the hope is not a strategy? Who was coined with that <laughs> saying? Because that's that's totally true. I mean, uh, everybody's going to get hurt. Which you know, I think we should actually do this as part of our like predictions so every year you know here at mhh the staff we all list our predictions on the record who's going to be the offensive mvp defensive mvp things of that nature trivial success if you will and then also uh quantitative metrics right. there should be one pick a player the iron man of the season that's going to play every single game because it doesn't happen very much justin no. simmons toted that for the longest of times until he got paid and that's arguably probably why he got paid again he's always available he's usually available these guys do not last a 16 17 game schedule man i mean they're lucky to make it out of practice or training camp in one piece I'm going Zach Allen with that, baby. He's going to play all 17 games. He paid yeah. the big money to come in, take on the mantle <laughs> from Draymond Jones, and he's going to go out there and, and wreck it Hell for yeah. 17 games, baby. <laughs> Hell yeah. Troy, man, coming in. He started the show. He wants to close out and give us some love. Thank you so much, Troy. You've been so active in tonight's chat, a generous $4.99 super to pile on to his previous generous $50 and all of his support, man. Good night, guys. Great show. Thanks for the Broncos fit. Thank you, Troy. I mean, you guys are, are a part of what makes this show great. Um, this is not work for us, man. We enjoy this. We, this is something that we are passionate about here at MHH. That's why we have shows on every single day of the week here at MHH. We don't take your credit card, subscriptions, anything like that for any of our written content over at milehighhuddle.com. We got you covered from the boys in the morning doing Broncos for breakfast to Tom getting you your Friday morning fix at Legends a Mile High and again on Saturday, Orange and Blue View with Ron White. I mean, we've got it. Uh, building the Broncos, Dove Valley Deep Divers, the Mile High Huddle Podcast, Huddle Up. These are things that we are so proud to bring to you guys, and you guys are a part of it. You guys are the straw that stirs this drink, as Chad would say. Yes, and and we appreciate it. Even though we can't always express how much we appreciate it we really do uh, we appreciate you guys just being here being in the comments and you know it's a it's a conversation with your you know your buddies that's what it's all about talking football yeah. that's what we love about it and if we can uh, you know get a little support along the way uh, that's just that's just icing on the cake yeah, we like to have fun on this show and just like all our other shows too, right? We talk football, but we're also pumped about our Nuggets, man. I mean, here's yeah. the thing. I see the Nuggets are kind of getting – they were favorited tonight. I can't remember what the odds were, but I think the Nuggets are going to do it, man. I think it's going to be tough to win down there in Miami. I think they're going to steal one. I think they're going to get tonight, and then Miami's going to win on Saturday, meaning that the Nuggets and the Heat will be coming back tied at 2 of Two apiece for game five back to the mile high city next week. What say you, Tom, in this series specifically for tonight as the Nuggets and the Miami Heat are underway in the first yeah, quarter? I, I don't know. I, I'm just going to give a shout out to Michael first. Thank you for the stars. Uh, very much appreciated. Saying enjoy the rest of the Wednesday night, Broncos country, and Thomas and Luke, go Broncos. As always, thank you, Michael. But I, I'm just, you know, I'm not a big basketball fan anymore, but I'm pulling for the Nuggets. I think they can win. I, I think that Thanks, the Mike. loss that they had, the, the loss that they just recently had was, you know, everything went right for the Heat and a lot of things went wrong for the Nuggets. So if I if I have to uh, judge on that, they should be able to, to pull out a victory. So uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping yeah. for it. Michael's a big Nuggets fan too, man. So I know Broncos country. Some people have us us on right now, the same time as the game, and we salute you and thank you guys for that. We know that we, you know 
we're competing directly with the NBA Finals, if you will, but we're still wanting the Nuggets to win. Broncos country, Nuggets nation, they're one in the same. Um, I- I'm excited to see how it goes, man. It's it's super fun and cool to see history being made. I never thought I would live to see the Denver Nuggets in the NBA Finals. Yeah. Now, I truly believe, like Kevin Garnett said, anything is possible. Uh, <laughs> Broncos country, he is Thomas Hall. If you'd like to get at Thomas on Twitter, that's at Thomas Hall NFL. Send him a DM, whether that be about Star Wars, football analytics, regular analytics job analytics anything he is willing to talk to you just like yours truly and scott you could get at scott at scout kennedy um on twitter i'm at luke patterson lp head on over to the mothership at mile high huddle we would really appreciate it if you gave this podcast a follow on twitter that's at mhi underscore pod milehighhuddle.com is the official website for our brand for our flagship for our uh, our team, really, where you can catch all of the Broncos news analysis and anything that's related to the orange and blue. And uh, Tom, I'm ready to go watch these Nuggets, baby. I'm ready to go yeah. watch them continue to kick the Heat's ass. They're only up, what, by four right now? But I'm excited, man. I am in. It was a great show. Broncos country killed it tonight. This may be the dead season, but it's never dead here with you on MHI, baby. That's right. Yeah, thank you so much, everybody. Appreciate it. Thanks for being here. I know you got other things to do, so thank you very much. Broncos country, this is the way. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.